What is going on, Anchor Peeps? This is Kevin Parr, and you are listening to Rated Par Reviews. Just uh, wanted to say thank you so much for everyone who's been listening. Um, I've only started this channel just last week, I think, just a week and a half ago, and I've already had tons of people calling in saying how much they love the channel, so thank you all for that. Uh, it was my girlfriend's birthday yesterday, so I haven't uh, posted in the last couple days. We spent uh, Monday, Sunday, and Tuesday just running around seeing friends. Uh, went out to this amazing bar in Vancouver called The American. Where they make the most amazing burgers. They have a pinball room, uh, ski ball, tons of fun activities going on. And that night in particular that we went... It was on a Monday. They had Simpsons Trivia Night. So the whole place was packed. Um, they were playing episodes of The Simpsons. Tons of fun shit going down. So had a couple days off just to hang out with her and spend some time with her. But now I am back. And now, as usual, here is your movie news rundown for the day. The DCEU after Justice League is pretty much fucked at this point. I mean... <laughs> There's no getting around it. Justice League, box office-wise, huge disappointment. Probably cost $400 mil, $100 million to make, and I think collectively, altogether, it made like $150 million at its box office run. Like, huge punch to the nuts for DC. And there's a lot of rumors from behind the scenes that people are trying to figure out what they can do with the franchise. Do they move forward? Do they reboot the whole thing? We know they got a Wonder Woman 2 coming out. That much is for certain. They'd never give away that golden goose egg. Aquaman is coming out with Jason Momoa. That's been slated for later this year. So another film that's also slated that has a lot of eyes on it is Flash's movie titled Flashpoint. Now this follows the story in the DC Comics, and it's a monumental storyline in which this story was used to reboot DC Comics back in 2011, in which Barry Allen goes back to the past to prevent his mom from dying and in, do and in doing so creates an entirely new timeline that is all kinds of fucked up where Aquaman leading the uh, Atlanteans and Wonder Woman leading the Amazons are in this epic world war because they used to have sex apparently and they were going to get married and someone got caught cheating. I can't remember the details, but the world is in, ep is in consistent warfare between these two races. Batman isn't around. He, Bruce Wayne was killed in Crime Alley instead of his parents. And because of the trauma of seeing his son die, Thomas Wayne, his father, takes up the mantle as Batman and is fucking insane. He is literally running around with guns, murdering villains, doesn't really give much of a fuck and is super badass and is a big fan favorite um, in DC Comics. So this tentpole film, a lot of people are saying that it's going to be a reboot for the DCEU. They're going to use this film to wipe the slate clean, maybe re like recast Batman because there's been a lot of people saying Ben Affleck wants out as Batman and set things back on track for future films. So the news on this film now is that a director team has been named to helm the film. Now, the film has had two directors named famously in the past, one being Rick Famuyiwa, I want to say. Uh, he directed a film called Dope, which is a huge indie smash just like a year or two ago. He was writing a script and famously bowed out about a year ago due to creative differences, probably because they were trying to make it shitty because 
They're, all those executives have been fired after Justice League. Um, and the second director that was rumored to take up the mantle for the Flashpoint film was Robert Zemeckis. Now, if you don't know that name, you have definitely seen one of his films. He has directed Back to the Future. He's directed Forrest Gump. He's directed a ton of not only historical pop culture films, but Oscar-nominated films as well. So a lot of people were super stoked that his name was being tossed around, but apparently he also passed in the film. And now they have named an official director team that hopefully will stick around and see this through. And they are the writer team from Spider-Man Homecoming, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Um, they have directed films before. Um, one was the Vacation Reboot that came out, I think, last year or the year before. That was the National Lampoon uh, reboot for Family Vacation. I did pretty well at the box office. It was okay. People, you know, critics were kind of like, yeah, it's all right. It's funny. Um, and uh, they have another film coming out that they've directed called Game Night, which the premise is that a bunch of middle-aged couples all come over to someone's house for, you know, their weekly, monthly game night. And, you know, they usually play board games and whatnot, but this time someone is telling them that they're going to play this incredible role-playing game and that someone's going to come down and, like, pretend to kidnap them and it's going to be this epic adventure. And then what happens is a couple of actual criminals come to their house and try to kidnap them for real, but they all just think it's part of the game and they just kind of go along with the adventure, but they don't realize that this is all really happening to them. And the trailer looks awesome, so you should definitely look that up on YouTube. But, um, so this is big news. This project's moving forward. I can't wait. This is one of my favorite comic book stories lines of all time i have the the volume the whole complete issues in my collection over here um so this is awesome and i loved ezra miller as the flash in justice league that was one of my favorite parts of that film so i'm very happy this is moving forward it speaks volumes to where the pro where the whole franchise could be going in the next couple years so man i just hope they fucking stick to their guns with this one With the film having been out for almost a month now, people still can't stop talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Whether you loved it, whether you hated it, you can't deny that this film has sparked so much debate over the past uh, month since its release. People saying it's the best Star Wars film of all time, others saying it ruined their childhood, bring back George Lucas, whatever your stance is on the film. The conversations being brought up of its creative choices, I think, are some of the best that I've ever read in recent years. Now, this is a recent article, um, I just picked it up from GeekTyrant.com, and it says that Dark Knight Rises looper actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt wrote an entire essay on the platform Medium defending Luke Skywalker and Ryan Johnson's choices in the film. Now, as you know, Looper was a Ryan Johnson film that Joseph Gordon-Levitt starred in. So it's, it's stated that this isn't you know, him playing favorites or him coming to the director's uh, defense or anything like that. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a pretty outspoken artist. And if he has a point of view or an opinion about something, he definitely makes it known and not you know, for the benefit of anyone. Um, so let's read into what he said on Medium. So... In this first paragraph, he states, In our ever more gamified culture, with endless award shows, publicized box office figures, and the all-knowing tomato meter, it seems conversations about movies are more and more often put into quantified terms of good and bad, best and worst, right and wrong. 
And then there's the twit-faced, insta-fueled tribalism, people taking sides, pointing fingers, and spitting venom at the other guys. There seems to be a lot of that going around right now from both lovers and haters of this movie. Dear, oh dear, folks, this isn't politics or sports. The fruit is in the subjectivity. If you feel differently than I do, I'm 100% cool with that. I think it's often in these very differences of perspective that movies can be at their most enlightening, helping us learn something about each other and ourselves. So after this, he kind of goes into, after going into a little bit of background of Luke's past, he starts, and that, like who he was in previous films, Gordon just kind of dives into it saying, The way I see it, The Last Jedi takes two big risks in its depiction of Luke. Number one, he's different than he used to be. Number two, not only is he different, he's changed for the worst. As for the risk, he didn't have to be different. He's one of the most iconic movie characters ever. A safer bet would have been to bring him back and make him just like he always was. This is what The Force Awakens did exceedingly well. For example, the Han Solo we meet in that movie is pretty much the same charmingly roguish character we loved in the original trilogy. Yes, he's gotten older, had a kid, but it hardly seems to have changed him much. And that was fine by me. Seeing him again after so many years felt like a sweet reunion with an old friend. So why not do the same for Luke? So now the article goes on for a few paragraphs, uh, and I'm just going to end it with the final paragraph here. That a big Hollywood studio would take such risks on such a big property, again, to present their central hero in a drastically different light than ever before, to unflinchingly deliver the ominous message that even the most pure-hearted idealists can struggle through darkness and doubt. These are not the kinds of decisions that get made when short-term profitability is prioritized above all else. These are risks taken in the interest of building a world that is not only good for selling popcorn and action figures this year, but that thrives in the long run on a bed of literary substance and artistic dignity. As a fan, I take it as a sign of respect that the movie was not only a good time, but a provocative challenge. A lot of studios and filmmakers don't think so highly of their audiences. In the end, to me, The Last Jedi demonstrates not only that we can still have faith in Star Wars, but that Star Wars still has faith in us. If you want to go read the whole article, you can go on the Medium platform, find Joseph Gordon-Levitt's name. I'm sure it'll be not that hard to find. The most trending articles are usually some of the first that you'll see in the homepage. Go take call in and give me your opinion. Last Jedi, great movie, crap movie, let's talk about it. Is Spider-Man going to be in Sony's Venom standalone movie? Will Tom Holland stand shoulder to shoulder with Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock? This is something that we have all been asking ever since this film got greenlit because Sony, who owns all the Spider-Man rights and who famously shared their rights with Disney and Marvel to put Spider-Man in Civil War and in Avengers, They have not said at all, officially, if Spider-Man will even be in Venom. There's been no official statement on it, and a lot of comic book fan, film fans have been scratching their heads, wondering if this is going to happen. Having Tom Hardy in your film doesn't hurt. I mean, that gives the film some legitimacy. Your core audience will be stoked on that casting choice. Normal audiences love Tom Hardy to death, so your main peeps, they're going to be happy either way. But having a Venom movie without Spider-Man is super weird. I mean, it's like 
making a Lex Luthor movie and not having Superman in it. The two go hand in hand. Well, a rumor has now been started from the very popular YouTube channel Collider Movie Talk, a channel that I've been watching and following for many years. Love them to get your daily movie news uh, intake. They're awesome guys. And their main sort of comic book correspondent, uh, John Schnepp, who has famously created Metalocalypse. He's been involved in a lot of comic projects, knows a lot of people in that community. And on the show just yesterday, he said publicly that Spider-Man is going to be in Venom. His exact quote is, I'm going to say it right here on this show. Spider-Man is going to be in Venom. For the past couple months, we've been talking about Venom. We've been hearing about how Sony's keeping it all separated. Spider-Man's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but every other character that's in Spider-Man Universe is separate. Um, and then he, they went on to ask him, like, well, what? wait, are you? is this true? He's like, I, I know people. Someone's told me this. I'm not going to say who. They went on to ask him, like, what, as, like, a cameo? Like, is it going to be, like, his picture in a newspaper or maybe on a television behind Tom Hardy at some point? And he said, you know, like a cameo, like a like a who knows what yo. All I'm saying is Spider-Man, and I'm talking about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, is going to be in Venom. So he didn't even, like, really answer the question, didn't say, like, how he's going to be in it, but it really does seem like he is suggesting, and if you watch the video, it very strongly seems like he's suggesting that he is going to have a very substantial small part in the film you know not just on a newspaper or in the background like he is going to have a walk-on scene or some kind of physical you know altercation with venom so that is awesome i mean it does set up an issue though in that the storyline that they're borrowing for Venom, uh, the actual storyline in the comics is that, and the film is based in San Francisco, so this is kind of confirmed already, that in the storyline that they're taking from for the Venom movie is that Venom and Spider-Man have been fighting for a long time already. And in an effort to make a truce, Eddie Brock Venom moves from New York to San Francisco to start a new life. And then, you know, having own a symbiote suit, shit just kind of happens to you, and hilarity and action ensues. But, so I wonder if they're going to address that if Tom Holland is, in fact, in the movie. Would they, like, there's some routes they could go. Will it be, you know, four years into the future, you know, set after Avengers, that all the Spider-Man history has already happened, and, you know, Venom's already established in the world, and they have fought, and he, you know, ran away. Uh, they could open the movie with a... Maybe that's how the cameo would work. They'd open the movie with Tom Holland and Venom fighting. Um, you know, they'll say like four years later from Avengers or something, and he's like in the middle of a battle with Venom, and Spider-Man beats the shit out of him and tells him, leave here and never come back. And then that's when the movie starts. Or, you know, maybe they have never met before. And, you know, at the end of the film, after we've had our epic adventure in San Francisco, maybe Tom Holland comes to San Francisco to visit somebody i don't know a friend or goes on a school trip somewhere and like hits eddie brock in the shoulder and goes hey betty watch it and then they just give each other a stink eye and then that sets up that later down the line maybe in a venom 2 that they will fight um this is only a rumor at this point but god i really hope this is true a really specific thing 
So my character on the show, she has a list of people that she wants to kill. Um, and it's dark. Well, no, she, they're all just fine. Sure. <laughs> um, and uh, she has a list, and she recites the names, and, and um, she's been through a lot of trauma. Bit of backstory. And it's what keeps her going, and it's what keeps her fighting, even though she's lost both of her parents. Um, so a lot of people come up to me in the street, and they want me to recite the names, but then add their names. Oh, I would actually like that as well. <laughs> do, you, would, do you know the names? I do, yeah. Well, can you... There's can a you, lot of them. Is it, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can speak quite quickly. Which camera, which camera should you... Yeah, there you go. Uh, do, do we have we got some, some potential music ready? We do. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, off you go. Off you go. Geoffrey. Cersei. Ellen Payne. The Mountain. Beric Dondarrion. Saurus of Mir. The Red Woman. Tom Hanks. <laughs> and Sweet Joshua. <gasps> So, if you are like most people in the world, you probably really hate Donald Trump. Um, well, if you are a Donald Trump hater, you will be very glad to know that a, a book just came out recently titled Fire and Fury Inside the Trump White House from uh, political insider Mark Michael Wolf, who was a part of Trump's staff, who was recently let go a while ago. Uh, and the book pretty much depicts the first nine months of Donald Trump's term uh, and how they were stormy, outrageous, and absolutely mesmerizing in a car crash kind of way. Um, and now thanks to Michael Wolff's deep access to the West Wing, he tells the riveting story of how Trump launched a tenure as volatile and fiery as the man himself. Uh, in the book, Wolf provides a wealth of new details about the chaos in the Oval Office. Among the uh, revelations in the book, it goes over what President Trump's staff really thinks of him, what inspired Trump to claim he was wiretapped by uh, President Obama, why the FBI, FBI Director James Comey was really fired, why the Chief Strategist Steve Bannon and Trump's son-in-law Jared Kushner couldn't be in the same room, on and on and on and on. It's basically a very true behind-the-scenes collection of stories of all of the crazy news that you've heard about the Trump presidency up to date. And uh, never before has a presidency been so divided amongst the American people and brilliantly reported and astoundingly fresh, Michael Wolff's fire and fury shows us how and why Donald Trump has become the king of discord and disunion. That is a direct quote from the book. Uh, the book is now being optioned to become a TV series from Endeavor content. Um, and ever since the book has come out, President Donald Trump has attacked it, saying that the information is false. He's even tried to stop it from being published. But now it looks like we're getting a TV series based on this book, and you can bet your fucking bottom dollar that Trump is going to be the main character. Um, it largely portrays Trump as unprepared for the enormity of his office and that he is unable to focus his attention on policy details. The book also includes quotes from former White House chief strategist, like I said, Steve Bannon, who referred to the 2016 meeting between Donald Trump Jr. and a Russian lawyer as treasonous. 
Um, that is a quote uh, from Endeavor Content uh, purchasing the film rights. Uh, this is gonna be fucking crazy. I mean, oh God, I mean, who knows what kind of drama is gonna come from this? I mean, when you're the president, you got a lot of power. So, but there's, I know that there's also certain things you can, and there's certain things you just absolutely cannot do. I mean, I don't, think, I don't even know if Trump, even if he wanted to, could stop this from really becoming public or going to air. I mean, you know, behind the scenes things could be happening. I mean, who knows? You could have a repeat Tanya Harding situation where someone in a ski mask comes out from a parking lot and just whacks one of the TV producers in a kneecap and say, don't make that TV show. Um, Trump actually made a statement before the book was released uh, about the whole thing, saying, we are going to take a strong look at our country's libel laws so that when somebody says something that is false and defamatory about a person, that person will have meaningful recourse in our courts. Um, so I guess this is the reason why Trump has been so adamant lately trying to pass laws saying that if you're caught giving out false information on somebody that you'll go straight to jail, basically. Kind of just moving the country more forward in a 19... 19- 84 George Orwell society so that's fucking terrifying but in the meantime we might get an amazing TV series based on one of the worst presidents of all time (sighs) remember the good old days of George Bush remember those I sure fucking do and I really wish he was here I mean I would just love Obama just to be a dictator for us and just be in office all the goddamn time in the United States but um Man, when you really think about all that shit we went through with George Bush, that really does seem inconsequential right now, doesn't it? Alright guys, that is it for today's movie news rundown. I want to thank you so much for listening today. Keep favoring the station, keep calling in. I love hearing from you guys and I hope that you're getting a lot off my content. Uh, If you want to call in and give me suggestions for other things I should be talking about, um, I did put up a Netflix recommendation a while ago. Still haven't been able to get my goddamn movie reviews up, but I promise those are coming. Just trying to work out a schedule where I'm able to put these out every day. Um, Thank you so much for listening, guys. And as always, put down that remote and go watch a motherfucking movie.